We are going to look at biblical counseling. It is our third lesson, I think, um, fourth lesson in this uh, uh, series. And if you have an extra pen, please uh, make it available because I know some people don't bring pens um, and it would be good for you to start bringing pens. There are spaces for you to fill in. Uh, if you don't, you may just have to go back over the notes um, on the recording. <clears throat> All right, so first hour we are considering biblical counseling. I'm going to read from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Only till there. We will look at that uh, at the end of next week's lesson. Uh, I should just leave it out there so someone can grab it. Thank you. Um, I finish with the introduction to biblical counseling uh, next week. We've looked so far at psycho, the psychoanalytical approach uh, by Freud and Jung. Uh, we've also looked at <coughs> it was yeah it was it was Carl Jung and and uh, Sigmund Freud that we've <coughs> we've covered. Uh, this morning we look at the behaviorism uh, approach, and then next week we look at the humanistic approach. So the goal of these introductions to psychology is to show us how much it has influenced uh, the, the world. This last two, um, both behavior, behaviorism um, and, uh, um, and humanistic approach, they are the most impactful upon our society you find it more frequently than the Freudian uh, approach in, um, in the soft sciences, in university. Th these elements of this uh, psychological approach is more uh, influential from mental problems to disorders, uh, to reading body language, um, self-esteem. Uh, all of these are resultant of these last two movements. Now, there's some uh, crossover between the psychological uh, approaches. <clears throat> so the point of these lessons that we are looking the looking at the psychoanalysis and uh, psychology and psychiatry is to give you a framework of why we need to avoid psychology. We're not teaching on it so that you actually run towards it. I'm trying to point out to you the things that are wrong in psychology and uh, unfortunately Christian ministries and Christian thought have been negatively negatively affected <clears throat> by these uh, methods, um, and if we are going to help people as God's people, we're going to have to do more than what psychologists do. We're going to have to offer more than, than just uh, helping people to be a better them or version of themselves. Um, we are going to need to offer them more than just a healthy self-esteem. The world is filled with people with good self-esteem, but it is as corrupt as it can be. Um, do you know that murderers have a very good self-esteem? Just saying, self-esteem is not the 
uh, be all and end all of the ills in society. <coughs> yet, yet that is what is being taught in schools. Uh, this is what our kids are being influenced by, is to think highly of themselves and to think well of themselves, regardless of what people think of. James Frank, in his book, Overview of Psychotherapies, wrote, <coughs> it's pretty funny, um, quote, too many people today have too much money and not enough to do. <laughs> that is so true. So they turn to psychotherapy to combat the resulting boredom. It supplies novelty, excitement, as a means of self-improvement. <clears throat> That's the goal of psychology. It's self-improvement. A legitimate way of spending money. They, they want to spend the money, and so they want to spend it on themselves. And so this becomes a legitimate way of bettering themselves. Go to a, a psychotherapist. He continues to say, as recently as 30 years ago, no one questioned your right to be unhappy. <laughs> Isn't that true? Happiness was considered a blessing, not a guarantee. You were permitted to suffer pain or fall into moods or seek solitude without being analyzed, interpreted, and discussed, end quote. That is true. We were able to suffer with no problem and without having to end up at a psychologist if a child had disabilities, I'm not talking about mental disabilities, if he had struggles sitting still, he wouldn't end up on, um, what's it, Ritalin? Ritalin? Um, yeah, I, I was fidgety when I was young. And my sister, who was a nurse back then, said that I had ADHD and ADD and every DDs that you could add. <clears throat> and, um, uh, but I was never diagnosed. I was never given medicine. I calmed down after I met my wife. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is insane to think how <clears throat> crazy the world has become. That uh, problems that was normal. Uh, I remember having a friend that he loved playing with girly things, and it wasn't a problem. We we had a girl um, who who we called them tomboys back then. You remember that term? Nowadays, a tomboy is a boy. And uh, today, we have to affirm uh, that kind of confusion. If a guy comes up to you and says he's a penguin, you have to respect that. Now, back about 30 years ago, that penguinuity would be smacked out of him. And he will never dare to say that he was a penguin ever again. But today, we have to consider that as a possibility. There are people who are dressing up as cats, more so in Europe. I think in South Africa they'll just be laughed at, but more so in Europe and in the U.S. They are prancing around as, as cats, and you dare not question that. Now, it, I said to a friend of mine yesterday that it's shocking to see how so many thing co things coalesce at, at one point in history. The influence of psychology, the, the, the uh, government control, um, all of those things are just coming together so quickly. Um, the, the medical system is failing. Today, doctors cannot decide whether a person is a boy or a girl. Today, you cannot assign gender 
And at birth, today, well, it's, it's not so much prominent in South Africa, but it's getting here very quickly. Uh, today, doctors are disputing if they should call a person a he or a she. That is not a medical problem. That's a psychological problem. I don't like to use that term, but I don't have a better term to use. Fifty years ago, a person who couldn't identify what they were would be crazy, would end up in a loony bin. If he had a part of his body that he didn't think was part of his body, they wouldn't cut it off and affirm his neurosis. They would try to help him see that it is actually part of his body. But today, it's, well, if you feel that way, let's just cut it off. This world has gone crazy. And the following two approaches that we will look at this morning... Um, behavioralists approach. Actually, we won't reach the second one. Uh, I cut it off because it's just way too long. And the humanistic approach. You will see some part of that, um, how it influences the way that people think today. So this approach, we're looking at uh, point B. Um, this approach was popularized by Roger Skinner. And uh, he experimented on rats and came to the conclusion that if you can manipulate rat behavior, and since man is a very evolved rat, um, then it's possible that we can manipulate human behavior. And by means of programming or learned habits or uh, medication, you can manipulate people. Number one... Behaviorists believe that man is a product of his environment. This is their view of original sin. It's a social construct that there is no real sin in your life. You are just doing the things that you've been forced to do or influenced to do by society. A man is a product of his genetics, his environment, his social influences, that makes him what he is today. Therefore, there is no such thing as moral values. There is no ethical standards. He is simply a product of a, a certain set of genetics that can be changed by means of medication. <clears throat> Number one, social contracts, constructs impede human potentiality. That is what they say, not what we are saying. Ever heard of this term, social construct? Anybody know what that is? Yes, if you do, let me hear. Okay. Okay. Okay, good point. You want to add to that? Anyone <coughs> wants to add to that? Go ahead. There you go. Something that only exists because it was decreed or decided by a society. Uh, as he said, the majority. So, gender, according to them, is a social construct. It doesn't really exist. Uh, patriarchy, masculine headship, family, are all elements that they consider to be social constructs. Morality doesn't really exist in a psychological world. Secondly, social standards um, prohibit people from reaching their potential. You see the common theme here. It is about you. 
and society has done you wrong because they impede you from being the best version of yourself. Sadly, that has found its way into Christian circles. Just listen to, I don't do this on a Saturday morning. My wife asked me to check a guy out, and I, I just listened to one of his sermons. It's, it's always telling when a sermon is 20 to 30 minutes. Now, I, I, it's not that I don't preach that short, but if, if you're expositing a text, I, I, I don't know how you can do justice to any passage in 20 minutes. I don't believe Jesus preached for 20 minutes. Sermon of the Mount, read that. That's a lot in there. But anyway, I, I go off, off script. <laughs> um, I need to keep to my notes, otherwise I, I will not finish. The influence of psychology is but a small contribution to the mass confusion that we have in society today. But it does contribute. Uh, obviously, there's um, the problem of sin, which we will look at later. If if values, gender, authority, family, masculinity, headship, morals are social constructs, why should that concern us? Or what is the problem with such an idea? What do you think? Great. True, you give permission to anything. It's a free for all. Um, anything else? <coughs> Why is it a problem? Go ahead. Sorry, just repeat that first part. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it reduces God's standard. Um, why is that a problem, though? Go, go ahead, Ben, sorry. I well, saw that. Yeah. But if it's a social construct. No, but if you're in a society yeah. that collectively doesn't have a concept of, of sin yeah. and of wrongdoing and transgression, mm. Exactly. That, that, that's why it should concern us. You don't need a gospel if morals are a social construct. Then, then we, don't, we don't sin against God. If society has set up standards, for instance, murder, in the animal kingdom, when a lion kills a lamb, it is not murder. Right? He's taken his prey. When a lion kills another lion, it is not murder. In evolutionary thinking, what are we? Evolved animals. There is no murder in evolution. So killing people is not a moral offense. Why have a governmental law that punishes murders if there is no such thing in the animal kingdom as murder? So the, the argument of social constructs fails. Um, anything else before we move on? Why should it concern us? Why is it a problem? I know Don answered it, but I want to give someone else <laughs> an opportunity. <clears throat> no? Where are those guys? I never see John K. I cannot see him. Where is he? 
Oh my goodness, he always escapes. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna jump to Hilton. What do you think? <laughs> yes, of all the answers. <laughs> okay, I'll just skip him. Let me go to. <laughs> no, do you want to say something? Nothing. Yes. There you go. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You want to add to that? No. Okay. Well, we'll rest on that. Okay. Secondly, point two: behaviorists must affirm personal thought or thinking or conviction, regardless of the facts. Think about that. X Y chromosomes doesn't matter anymore does not matter. They make arguments against it. Yes, but that doesn't mean that you are a female. Uh, A woman is able to give birth. That is by nature what a woman is. It is the, the female, feminine counterpart to a male. Today it cannot be defined. Today women, the best woman is a man. Yeah. The best woman, the strongest woman, the fastest woman is a man. If that doesn't concern us, I don't know what will. What has happened, and you can find this in history. I I like reading history, um, especially ancient history. I I read um, a little bit about, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Genghis Khan a few years ago. And in something that, he, that, that is mentioned about him is that he viewed the fall of a society in relation to how they treat their women. Isn't that interesting? When women are brought to nothing, there are, there are nations that think very little of women. When they are brought to nothing, that society is not far from being destroyed. It's, it's, it's shocking to think where this world is with regards to women. We have GBV, gender-based violence, right? I called that line. I called it with regards to a situation where a woman was being abused. And what do they tell me? Uh, uh, we can't help. Uh, we can provide a counseling, but that's all we can do. We can't, we can't go in there and, and help. What on earth are we doing then? Anyway, I'm off, off target again. Sorry. <laughs> Facts don't matter anymore. But a person's feeling does. That is hugely problematic because even in arguments, and I said to a friend yesterday, when, when men argue, we get over it very quickly, but not so today. Today, men have been feminized, and if they, if they get offended, it lingers longer than it used to. Oh, he's hurt my feelings. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, let me go on. Even if they feel that what they are feeling goes against the standard, in, in, psycho, in psychology, it is okay because you do not want to disaffirm, un- Affirm. I don't know what the, the negation of affirm is. De-affirm. I don't think so. 
So I make it up. Disaffirm what they are thinking and feeling. Isn't that where we are today? If a guy says he's a cat, you have to affirm it. If he says, call me minx, that is my preferred gender, you have to affirm that. It is shocking that they don't respect God's gender though. Right? They want to change that. But you have to affirm their gender. We are in trouble. Why, is, why do you think this is a, a problem? Why would that be a problem? The, the fact that facts don't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's, if it can start with something as um, dramatic and as large scale as sex differences, mm. then that's chromosomal organs. Yeah. Uh, right to the cellular level. <coughs> what about age? Mm. What about race? Mm. Um, what about species? What about the other cats? Yeah. You are not welcoming chaos. You are no longer. So you, to affirm means to just simply go along with rather than to correct. And if we aren't. Exactly. Uh, it's well said. Uh, you are inviting um, chaos. Sorry, Cameron, first, first. Well put. It, what we are doing is affirming the sinfulness of human <laughs> hearts. This is what they desire. And what does God say in Romans 1? He gives them over to a depraved mind. This confusion is God's judgment. It's God's judgment on this world, Peter. Amen. Well said. We cannot, cannot affirm God's holy standard for humanity. He made them male and female. And also, affirm their confusion. If a child in school asks you to call them they, <laughs> uh, no. I'm sorry, no. The, the problem, I mean, there's a grammatical problem. If you think about it, how do you speak to a person? Let's say this happened recently. A person runs into a school and shoots up the school. And the news reporter says, they went in and shot them up. What are you thinking? Two or more, right? It ended up that there was one person because the person identifies as they. How confusing is that? I th when I heard that the first time, I thought, hang on, there's footage of one person. Why on earth? Maybe there was a second shooter. No, no. There was a they. I, I am... No, I, the, I love grammar. It's one of my things. I read a grammar a year. I love reading English grammars, old English grammars, by the way. So if you buy, to go to old books, if you see an old English grammars, 80, 1800s or younger, please buy it for me. I'll pay you back for it. I love reading the, and, and the, the old English uh, grammar, uh, sta uh, standard grammar for English-speaking countries said that pronouns determine differentiation. 
Do you know what the modern Oxford standard says under pronouns? Almost every pronoun that is used is wrong. And there's nothing. This is an English grammar, a standard for English-speaking countries. We are in major problems, people. Anyway, off target. Uh, Number two, the goal of behavior therapy, sorry, the goal of behavior therapy is manipulation and change of behavior. This is deliverance by means of self-pleasing behavior. Do I have an A in your pointing? Let me just see. Yeah, A. This can be done by positive or negative reinforcement. Ever heard that term before? Positive. Anyone know knows what those two things mean? Positive re, yeah, Go ahead. Well, punishment is the third aspect, but negative is uh, avoiding the things that um, cause you displeasure or that it could be harmful. This is done without objective truth, though. The psychologist cannot say, well, here's the standard and you need to conform to this. No, the person determines what the standard is. But if he's harming himself, meaning if he's cutting himself, you want to change the behavior of that person. And so there's um, learned habits by means of stimuli. B, positive reinforcement strengthens behavior by rewarding the consequences, like Gunther was saying. Negative C, reinforcement weakens or decreases behavior. So it's taking away bad uh, behavior. So affirmation can take place in a variety of different ways, but crucial to affirmation is that you respect the counselee, their works and their words. So you are just there to affirm what they're doing unless it is harmful uh, to them. Whether you agree or not, it doesn't matter. You cannot say, but that is wrong. You have to say, well, have you thought of it in this way? Even when erratic behavior is observed, It is not sin. You cannot call it sin uh, uh, for them. They just haven't been trained to think differently. So it is a normal practice for them. Now I want you to think about that. Learned behavior. Does that happen? Yes, it does. There are patterns. This is where psychology adds something good to life. Where... Um, the behavioral analysis um, analysis of uh, of, uh, criminals does come in handy. They know that certain people have certain patterns. A murderer tends to do certain things. Now, it's not always 100% the same, but they tend to do certain things. They've got certain types, and so they can build a framework of understanding how people work. So there are certain patterns and habits that we learn. There are learned behaviors. But some of those behaviors are sinful. And when a psychologist meets a, a person that has a certain behavior, they try to understand how that behavior came to be. Well, it's society's fault that you are doing the things that you are doing. Under negative um, uh, reinforcement, obesity is not wrong. There is no such thing as obesity. There is no gluttony. It's not seen as sin. It's personal freedom. 
Well, you've got the right to eat as much as you want, but just don't do harm to yourself. Hang on. You can't have it both ways. You are going to do harm to yourself if you eat too much. Remember Christmas Day? You know how you felt after lunch? I'm just saying. I know what happens. Immorality in this framework is not frowned upon because immorality does not factor into a psychological framework. You cannot have a moral standard when you are psychologically trying to help people. Punishment is the third way in which they help people. Punishment is the opposite of reinforcement. Here the goal is, this is D, to eliminate behavior that may be hurtful. So the main focus is the manipulation of behavior. Changing the behavior of the mind so that the activity would follow. Now that is actually biblical. We have to change the mind, Romans 12, in order for us to do what we want. But they focus on the behavior, not so much the mind. Number three, the counselor must be sensitive to the personal feelings and emotions of the individual. This is the thought application and deliverance. In this model, grace is secured. You don't need God can make yourself better. That there is no salvation in psychology. You are your own savior. Number four, the counselee in this prose must himself reinforce the desirable behaviors and eliminate unwanted ones. Savior. Who's the savior? You are. If change of behavior is deliverance, if changing how you act is deliverance, then it's easy. Then anybody can be saved. Man becomes a self-contained authority, a self-contained guide, a self-contained savior. Does this language sound familiar? It should. This is what the self-esteem movement promotes. This language is close to biblical uh, deliverance and sanctification. Why do they do that? Because they want to convert Christianity. They want to change um, biblical themes. Q&A. How does this conflict with biblical truth concerning man and sanctification? Anyone? Yes, Erin. Amen. John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. That is the only means of sanctification. You don't get sanctified by what you do. God produces obedience. If you remember Ezekiel uh, chapter 36, it says, and I will put my laws in their hearts that they may obey. It is God that produces obedience. It is God 
that works in our salvation so that we may work out our sanctification. Anything else? What is wrong concerning the... Sorry, yes, go ahead. Good point. Yeah, I'm waiting for the second R. It's not renovation, but regeneration. regeneration. There you go. Now you're a preacher. So <laughs> it's, that's what we need. You don't need a... Um, ever seen this, um, this renovation thing? They used to have these programs on TV where they go in and they, they look at the bones of a building and they renovate it and make it look beautiful. Beautiful on the outside, right? Um, that's exactly what it is. We are beautifying the coffin. That's what we are doing. You're just, you're just dressing up your body of death, which is the coffin. That's all you're doing. You're making yourself look good on the outside. That is pharisaical. That is hypocrisy. That is what God hates. That is what psychology wants us to believe. Yes, uh, anything else? I think there was another hand. No, no. What does it say about man? Yes? Did you want to say something? What did you say to her? Maybe you can tell it to me. I'm just... Oh, okay. Um, it says that man is able to become what God is. Perfect. If you just keep on renovating yourself. You don't need God in that equation. Think of, I'm going to lead with this, um, think of ways that this has found its way into Christianity. And we'll get back to that. See, it is. The era of behavioral approach, of the behavioral approach. The problem with the behavioralist approach is that it converts sin or behavior into a mental disorder that can be treated with medication and positive thinking. Just think better about yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. You deserve better. I saw a t-shirt the other day. I deserve it. I deserve. I deserve. Wow. That is the mentality of young people today. I, I, there's an entitlement view that, that has captivated our young men and women. You need to respect me. I deserve it. I, I walk into a job not as a junior. I deserve the best position. I, I remember my wife telling a story that um, she was working as a, um, an audit auditor and she had a, a clock, an audit clock was working with her, underneath her, but they didn't want to be told what to do. And she had, I think, like 10 years experience, and this lady had like one year. And, uh, but she wanted her position without the hard work of learning it by, by experience. No, 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 I studied. I, I've, I'm, I'm the man. Well, obviously, she didn't say that, but nowadays they would. So. <laughs> but uh, she, she didn't want to be told what to do. Ever heard the term mansplaining? Men, 
you cannot tell a, man, a woman what it means anymore. Because then you are man explaining, mansplaining. So if what I'm doing here now is, is mansplaining. I'm, I'm explaining to you what is wrong in psychology. And there's an instinctive, innate, a, a visceral reaction to that. How dare you mansplain to me? It, it, I know. Um, yeah. Um, not that all women are like that. I mean, I think the women in this church are, are better than that. Um, amen, yes. Here are some ways that they define sin, redefine sin. Anxiety disorder, stress disorder, anger disorder, depression, there should be disorder next word, disorder. Somatoform disorder, also known as somatic effects. So a psychological reality has a bodily soma from uh, both Latin and Greek word soma, um, has a, a, a physical effect on the body. Now there is some truth to that, but it's a disorder. Eating disorder, drinking disorder. What do you call a disobedient child? He's got ADD, ADHD. Whatever DD, what now? That's what we call him. That's not what they call him. Uh, do you think these are mental disorders? Why not? Don't just say no. That is true. Um, okay, we are just acting out our nature. When a child is disobedient, he's acting out his sinfulness. He doesn't have a mental disorder. He doesn't need medication. He needs to be disciplined. He needs correction. He needs teaching. Um, what else? Follow on from what Wayne said, because it's heading in the right direction. There, there you go. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Well, the heart's informed with mind, so it's a heart issue, isn't it? Mm. The mind doesn't act independently of the will. And so if that child is disobedient, it starts with the heart. Yeah, so psychologists say that they deal with what pastors cannot deal with. They deal with a psychological problem that affects the body. For instance, anxiety. And I know that some of us struggle with anxiety. So in a psychological world, you have a disorder. It's caused by a mental problem. So how do they treat it? With medication. They give you a pill to calm you down. Does that deal with the problem? No, it's like Don says. It is a heart issue. Christians end up at psychologists for stress, anxiety, anger, depression, Eating disorders, quote-unquote. What are these things called in the biblical model? This is sin. Anxiety, believe it or not, is a sin. We don't want to acknowledge it because most of us struggle with it. We don't want to acknowledge that stress or even anger is a sin, yet God frowns on it. What about eating disorders? We look the other way. What about, well, we, it's, it's called alcoholism or drinking disorder. What does the Bible call it? 
a drunkard. That's what we should say. Stop acting like a drunkard or being a drunkard. These are not mental disorders. These are sin problems. I just noticed one of my points dropped off. Yeah. Um, number two, it erases God from the equation. It not only changes our thinking of sin, that was point one, it re redefines sin, but also it erases God from the equation. Thirdly, it reduces truth to social constructs. Fourthly, it exalts man to the place of God or Savior and the determiner of all things. Man becomes the arbitrator of truth. I've given you the, I think I've given you, no, I haven't, point D. Wrong assumptions in the behaviorist approach. Our behavior is always determined by our surroundings. That is not true. These behaviors can be permanently changed by means of external prompts, medication, or the person himself. C. All people are born with a clean, innocent slate or human condition. D. Disorders are causative effects and can be changed. That is caused by others and can be changed. There's a number of things that is wrong with this. Unfortunately, this is what is being taught in schools. Our um, education system has been hugely influenced by psychology. And as, as much as we don't like it, and maybe we don't want to hear that, but yes, there are teachers in this room that can tell you that. That, yeah, they are teaching psychological truths to kids <clears throat> in, uh, um, in, in our schools. When you go to university, almost every subject has now been infiltrated by psychology. Um, we become behaviorists trying to change people's behavior. And, and sadly, um, we cannot escape the reality that it is so influential. A lot of us has been influenced by this. And if you, th if you look at the short list that I've put up here, anxiety, stress, anger, depression, um, uh, eating and drinking, we overlook those things. And some of us have gone to psychologists because of those things, because we think that there is help outside of the Bible. God has adequately provided for his people in the pages of scripture for every problem that they may have. Anxiety is a heart issue, soul issue I should say, that can be solved through scripture. And we will get to that <clears throat> at a later stage. Okay, let me let me go to the Q&A. <clears throat> what are some areas or ways where this approach has infiltrated our thinking and lives? And what are some ways we can protect our families from these dangerous ideological influences? <clears throat> what ways are we influenced? Where are we influenced? Maybe not most, but uh, that can evidently be, be seen. Where? In, in what way? Talks and um, uh, true, 
motivational uh, talking. What is your um, goal in life? How do you, where do you see yourself in, every other question, where do you see yourself in five or ten years? Why? Well, you're envisioning your goal, and we can help you work towards that goal. <clears throat> Sorry, what now? Visualize. Yeah. Uh, I remember when, when I was still working for a boss, um, uh, we also had a, uh, what was it called, a team uplifting or upbuilding, um, team building event. And, <clears throat> and they had a psychologist that came in and she led with this question, when you wake up in the morning, what is your goal? What is the motto that you repeat to yourself? What do you say to yourself in the mirror? And I'm like, I don't do that. <laughs> so, so she goes around the room, and, she, and I was honest. I said, well, I don't do that. She said, well, you should. And I said, no, I don't. She said, well, what drives you? What motivates you? I said, well, the glory of God. I'm a believer, and I, I trust in, in, in Christ as my Savior, and I, I live for his glory. That is my motivation in life. And she looked at me, and she's like, well, okay, and... Uh, <laughs> <just> <clears throat> Let's move on to the next person. Um, yeah, unfortunately, even in the workplace, it is so pervasive. We are conditioned to think psychologically. W- what else? Go ahead. Uh, in the lesson, Yeah, uh, I call it, um, this includes the next point that I want to make. This is ideological manipulation. We are being manipulated to follow an, an ideology. I was going to say an ideology, but ideology. We are being forced to think in their terms, to follow their standards, to believe their rules, even through how we parent our kids. The government tells you you cannot discipline your child. You, you dare not raise the rod to your child. The government has no right to tell you what God has decreed, I shouldn't say decree, uh, determined as a principle for all parents. So when you obey government in that rule, what are you doing? Disobeying God. It's that simple. Parents sin against God because the government made a law. The trans cult. Social media is playing a huge role in normalizing transmania. Ideological manipulation of the populace. They are normalizing obesity. Have you noticed that there are a lot of more TV ads with big overweight people? They are normalizing things that we used to frown upon. Gyms, gyms are declining. They're losing business. Why? Because it's okay to be fat and overweight and have health problems. Nobody mentions that. Um, your hand was up uh, earlier. Go ahead.
Yes. There you go. That was my next point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, yes. Manipulation in the home, parenting, so you touched on it, um, takes place a lot of times. We train them as if they are modified rats. That's exactly what Skinner says. You can positive, affirm, or reaffirm, and negatively, by withholding the reward, you can change the behavior. Does it work? For a short while. But you did not change the heart. I'm going to jump into my parenting class for a moment. Do you notice that the Bible, when it speaks about parenting, does not talk about behavior modification. doesn't tell the parent how to change the behavior of the child, but tells the parent how to teach the child. The emphasis on parenting in Scripture is teaching them to fear the Lord. That changes the behavior. When they understand who God is, uh, in our home, and my boys <clears throat> will remember this, when they were young, I would speak about, do you not love God? Do you not fear God? When you obey mom and daddy, who do you obey? They obey God. And so from the get-go, I was teaching them that their responsibility is first and foremost to God and not to us. Th- their primary <clears throat> understanding is their day-to-day activity is underneath the oversight of God because I'm not there all the time. So the obedience to me is an obedience to God. Um, unfortunately, what has happened is <clears throat> we've manipulated the... My goodness, they need some manipulation out there. Um, we've manipulated the um, way kids act. So you give them rewards for good behavior, and you withhold rewards for good behavior. Now, if they are doing a task and you want to pay them for it, I'm saying like if, you, if, you, um, if you're teaching them a principle of work and reward, then that's different. But if you say, oh, if you keep quiet, if you stop screaming for five minutes, I will give you a hundred rand. That's manipulation. And parents, I can see your heads going down because we do that. <laughs> anyway, um, Anything else before I move on? Yeah. It's not enough. Yeah. Well put. Um, 
and we'll get to how the scripture is able to deal with anxiety, with stress. Before you go, it was um, Johan. Go ahead. There you go. Oh yeah. If you've been following the the <coughs> teaching, that's exactly that comes up almost in every aspect, in every psychological influence. You are the one that has been negatively affected. You are the victim. And I can guarantee you we have been influenced to think like that. Um, we deserve, or I deserve, is a sign of victimhood. I, I, I need to get better, meaning I, I, I want more than what I've been given. Peter first and then Hiram. <laughs> In the world, every different age group puts a continuous justification fund how many people need, and by making other bears consistency with the principle, God is consistent about how he gives a sin. Yeah, well said. Um, the whole idea of, of victimhood is it, it is starting to um, invade our lies much more and uh, I think you have to keep an eye on that especially with this whole trans cult thing um, they are the victims and and we have done them wrong and so society has to change um, has to change in how they treat the minority in this world um, sadly it, it is increasing at a huge rate now there is a problem there if a person cannot identify what they are and they start identifying themselves as plural, there's a problem there. Now, either they are really confused or they have a real mental problem. I mean, that, that's two possible options, right? You, you can be confused. You can have a, when I say mental problem, is that your mind is broken. You, you do need to be in a psych ward. That is, that is two probable options. Or the only other time when a person is referred to as plural in the scripture is when a person is possessed. Those are the only three options. You're really confused, you are broken, your mind is broken, or you're possessed. And that is what we are being forced to see as normal in our society today because they are the victim. This whole idea of victimhood is affecting the church in a vast um, array of, of ways um, where, where Christians, you, you can't inform them what to do anymore. You can't tell them because then you're man, mansplaining um, and you are giving them instruction that they did not discover themselves. And so they are highly offended when you point out error or sin or wrong in their life. You dare not tell me what to do. We are in trouble. 
And I hope you're starting to see that psychology is not the solution. Christ is. And as a believer, God has adequately provided for us in his word. So next week we finish with um, psychology and then we jump into what nothetic counseling actually is. Uh, We have a couple of minutes that you can take a a short break and then we'll resume in just short of five. Thank you.